and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Anyway, so got off work, went to dinner, decided to go sit in a restaurant before I came here to do the show. So um, I'm on the Upper West Side, and I sit, and there's these two dudes at a table across from me. One of them is a middle-aged, I mean, I kind of halfway want to say older gentleman, but, you know, if we're going to be frank, I just can't be out here guessing white people's ages. I struggle in that regard. It's not my strong suit. So anyway, um, there's a white dude that at the very least I felt confident saying was older than me. And a younger dude who, like, I would have presumed was his son, except some of the conversation, and I wasn't, like, totally ear hustling. I didn't hear very much of the conversation at all. But, like, right as I was getting ready to order, yeah, but the younger dude, it looked like he was, like, early to mid-20s. So, anyway, I'm getting ready to order, and I hear that the older cat is talking about he wants to hurry up and get finished in time so he can go home and watch the World Series. And I couldn't figure out exactly what it was, but he said something about his wife was from Houston. And so he said he had to be neutral on it. So I don't know if he's a Dodgers fan or what, but he said his wife, you know, was from Houston. Okay. So I'm not really paying no attention at that point. I put my headphones back on. I go back to my Branzino, right? I get done with that. I, you know, I take an ear flap off so that I can, like, pay the waiter and know the waiter's coming up. You know, I don't need that man walking up on me, nothing like that, right? So I got the ear flap off. I mean, I got the earphone off, and I hear him over there talking, and it is clear, or it seems they're Googling something. Like, they had some mystery, and they decided to go ahead and ask the brain about it. And it seems that the question that they were trying to uh, get an answer to was what the original name of the Astros was. I got to remember saying it was something weird, right? Like you couldn't remember what it was. So uh, he's trying to figure out what the original name of the Astros was. And as many of you know, before the Houston Astros were the Houston Astros, they were the Houston Colt 45s, like pistol. Anyway, they look it up and they realize that they, as they can do is they talk about the Houston Colt 45 is such a 60s thing. That ain't so much a 60s thing as much as that is a Texas thing. Your friendly reminder that we will shoot you. Anyway, after discovering that they used to be called the Houston Code 45s, the younger dude is like, yeah, Code 45, you know, like the gun, and he makes the gun motion. But the older cat is like, is it like the gun? Or is it like, he starts doing a motion with his hand, like, you know, the beer. Right, 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 right. The older dude thought that the Houston Code 45s were named after uh, Code 45 of Billy D. Williams fame. Yeah, 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 totally backwards. By the way, if you Google Code 45, the link to the Code 45, um, the, the, the malt liquor actually comes up before the pistol which just tells you a whole lot about how America's changed. Now, at first I was going to ask, did Code 45 even exist when the Houston Code 45s were playing? And um, the malt liquor Code 45 came about in 1963. I did not know that Code 45 had that much of a track record. But what I found to be funny about it, and by the way, the baseball Code 45s do proceed 
the uh, liquor code 45. The baseball ones came up in 1962. The alcohol came around in 1963. But um, anyway, what made this so funny is I'm watching the old man, like the older cat, like he's trying to pretend like he doesn't really know what code 45 is. And the young cat is also trying to pretend that he doesn't know what code 45 is. And I'm looking at the old head like, bro, what you know about code 45? Like the young boy, I mean, I guess I don't know. Like when the, when the older head was in college, maybe when everybody couldn't afford no alcohol, they were scraping together to get whatever $2 was adjusted for inflation back in the day where he was to try and go and get a 40. In fact, let me see if I can find here um, on this wiki page when Code 45 uh, became available in 40-ounce bottles. Um, it does not say here on the website uh, when it became available in 40-ounce bottles. Oh, by the way, I did not know this, but according to Paps, the manufacturers of Code 45, Code 45 was named after uh, Jerry Hill. He was a running back for the Baltimore Colts who wore number 45. Uh, hence Colt 45. They say that it was not about like a 45 caliber pistol, but that sounds to me like the sort of thing that you come up with um, when you do not want to be sued. Uh, but yes, I sat on the Upper West Side and I listened to these cats like talk about drinking Colt 45, or at least trying their best to talk about drinking Colt 45 without actually, you know, talking about drinking uh, Colt 45. That was not the conversation I expected to overhear um, while I was eating uh, Italian food on the Upper West Side of New York City. If you don't know very much about New York City, just know the Upper West Side is not really uh, the part of town where people is just like drinking Code 45. At least one would presume. Like, if you drink Code 45 over there on the Upper West Side, I got a whole lot of questions about, like, honestly, where you bought the Code 45? I'm not so sure that it's just readily available in the neighborhood that being said there is a project in on the upper west side and maybe i mean they got to have somewhere to get their 40s right maybe that's what it is anyway uh let us move on to your questions oh, we got a lot of them here hold on hold on hold on let me see here okay just so I can rail on someone. Oh, no, he's just being a jerk. Never mind. That show was about to snap. Okay, I think I know the question that I'm going to answer first. Did the new Crit album make you miss having the car? Actually, no, the Crit album did not make me miss having the car. And the reason the Crit album did not make me miss having the car is because I have outgrown, absolutely, like, like knocking in the car, is something that I just kind of had to outgrow, right? Like I, I didn't, I didn't really have a, a like slow cruise knocking sort of automobile uh, before I had to give up my wonderful automobile. No, I did not have that. Um, so no, it's not one of those. Like I put the crit on in the headphones to jump on the subway. It'd be knock. I mean, it, like, it, like you don't have a license plate frame shake or nothing like that. But it'd be knocking in the headphones too. Like this crit is kind of banging. I hadn't really gone and checked the crit project. Um, in a while, actually, like I didn't know what he'd been up to for the last couple of years or so musically. Like, I think 
I saw Crit in Miami in 2015. And I think that was kind of like the last time I really checked for something. And I heard that this was coming around. And so then it came out. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me go ahead and check this out. And so part of it for me with Crit is, I think Crit makes such like amazingly at his best, makes really, really evocative music, right? Like music that makes you feel, music that reflects the feeling of the songwriter and the producer, like all of those things, right? And so the intro track on this one was such a monster. I was like, oh, okay, let's go. Yeah, 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 let's roll, let's roll. And so you got 20-something tracks, bang. Like, I thought it was dope. I thought it was wide-ranging. I thought it managed to be fun while also, like, it managed to be fun without making a joke of itself. Like, it took itself seriously, but not too seriously. Um, and you got uh, Southern Side, which is nuts. Right, right. Maddie Fresh doing the fourth installment of the sub series. That's the one thing I miss. I miss having a subwoofer. Like I really stopped and thought about like subwoofers and speaker boxes. They used to bring us together in high school, man. That crossed all the boundaries that you could have a subwoofer and a speaker box. Just talking about like designing speaker boxes, buying, I mean, building speaker boxes, maybe buying speaker boxes. What you gonna put in the speaker box? You gonna seal that box or what? All that stuff, man. So like when I, you know, oh boy. Back, man, knocking is I hate that I'm too old to knock I am totally too old to knock but I hate that I'm too old to knock and a big part of why I'm too old to knock is I'm too old to have my car broken into I think it's just it's, I mean it's kind of an inevitability that if you got some knock somebody will relieve you of your knock it's, it, it's, it's kind of hard like maybe you can make the call that you're going to turn your bang down when you come to wherever you park and I guess you can go ahead and do that but don't let nobody happen to be going the same way as you partner your knock will be gone shortly uh, and cats are remarkably efficient at taking your knock because taking your knock is really not hard right like all you really got to do is get that get that lock cylinder on the trunk push that bad boy I mean I say this is someone who's had his trunk broken into a couple of times. They get that lock cylinder on the trunk, pop in there, and then all they got to do is snatch your bang, right? Like, like all that wiring, ain't none of that wiring matters. You ain't even got to unclip that thing from the speaker box. Just pull hard, and you got it. They'll leave you with the amp. Amp take too much work. Them speakers, them speakers about to be out of there. Man, I miss knocking, right? It's just so, like, ostentatious and rude. And, oh, man, but it's glorious. It is absolutely glorious. But this I do have to say I realize about the crit. Now, it was interesting in this where he never really went away from the soul samples, but I felt that I felt that sonically this was, like, more in line with 2010 crit than anything that I had heard subsequently. And part of what makes that interesting to me is so, like, crit was here is really coming at you on the tail end of the soul sample era, right? Like he was kind of like the last dude I thought who was able to do it and still make it fresh. Um, it almost sounds kind of retro now. And what's kind of cool about it almost sounded retro is, so Chris not on the label right now. This almost sounds like a dude who's come to recognize like, yo, this is my lane. You know what I mean? Like this is where I am. This is what I do. And if you are rapping and you are in your, I think he turned 31 this year, you rapping, you in your 30s, like you're where you're going to be. Now, Crit never seemed to do much of a job of chasing what the trends and stuff was anyway. 
but there seems to be a different kind of comfort in where he is. There also appears to be a thing that you can tell when this dude is really in it and really not, right? So, like, Crit was here and Return of Forever. Like, okay, that's a dude that's, like, really in this thing. Uh, Live from the Underground didn't sound like a dude that was in it in the same way. Catalactica sounded a lot more like a dude who was in it. Like, I like that one. Uh, Forever in a Day was a dope one, too. But, like, you could tell when my man really, like, feels like doing it. He felt like doing this one. He, he felt like doing this one got some great features i guess since CeeLo is uh no longer getting that voice money he can get back out here talking about shooting people and smoking newports you know like like he's 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 back to that place he can go ahead and do that it was also interesting that there is like not one but two verses that are essentially uh pimp c tributes uh crit on the joint with bum b where they got pimp on the hook but like crit is basically doing a pimp C verse. And then CeeLo did the exact same thing. Like, I almost feel like if there's any conclusion that I kind of came to by the time I got done with this record, it was once again, the brilliance of pimp C, which is something that I really think is going to take people a long time to really like get a full handle on like what the brilliance and genius of pimp C is like sonically, you can hear UGK all over Chris music. You've been able to do that uh, from the very beginning. But for everybody who thinks that Pimp's rapping was just so simple and that was some sort of drawback, nah, go listen to CeeLo use that exact same style and realize that what it is is the fire, what it is is the passion, what it is is the out, the absolute confidence in whatever it is that you are saying because you absolutely believe that no matter what it happened to be. And that is the brilliance of Pimp C. There is nothing more entrancing and alluring in music than sincerity. Nothing at all. So anyway, yeah, I have enjoyed the crit greatly. I'm still giving that one a lot of run, man, a lot of run. I think this is going to stick around for a while. By the way, I noticed nobody asked me any questions about it, so I'll just tell you people about it if you were unaware of this. So I went and got me a record player, right? Like this record player thing was a difficult thing for me because I was like, I didn't really have any great handle on how it is that you get a record player. Like what's the record player? um for you to get and i wasn't really out here trying to like unnecessarily spend money on a record player like i almost convinced myself to get some record player that cost something like a g or something like that but i'm like nah, i ain't gonna do that like i gotta be real about who i am so my brother was over here and he was like yo if you're gonna get a record player you gotta get the techniques right you gotta get to the 1200 right like that's what you gotta do like you know how you kick it with your steez is you know what i'm saying like you gotta get the 1200 and i was like you know what i do have to get a tw- get the 1200 problem is they stopped making the 1200 right like the 1200 is not really that easy uh for you to come across so i did some looking around for a 1200 i think some dude on craigslist is trying to get me though right like he'll put a pair of 1200s on there and i was just gonna get the pair because you know why not right so i was gonna get this pair of 1200s and we trying to figure out a place and time where we can meet. And that dude was trying to get me to go meet him like at night. It felt like in Long Island City. And I was like, I really don't understand why we got to do this at night, homie. No, 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 no. That sounded like setup. And then I was supposed to hear from him. And then I didn't hear from him. And then he told me that he had to go out of town for the day on some kind of family emergency. And that he would hit me back. And then he never hit me back. And I was like, no, 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 enough of that. So anyway, found one on... Um, eBay, dude had a shop. You just had to go pick it up, right? So went ahead, copped it, rolled down, picked that bad boy up, 
Went to the record store, had to get a new head shell and a cartridge on it. Went and got those, set it up. Like, I ain't really got no decor thing. That giant thing is a tank, right? So I got that bad boy here, and I've been playing these records. Now, I feel like a lot of you guys know the vinyl snob, right? It's the person who has come to this conclusion that music sounds so much better on vinyl and wants to tell everybody how much better music sounds on vinyl, which is really like an extension of, you know, this, this new bullshit they be making ain't hidden. And I never want to be that guy. And I don't think I will ever be that guy, but, 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 right. So like over the years, I've been like gradually acquiring records. I've been gradually acquiring records over the years. Cause I always had to play and get a record player. I got a record player once, but I forget what happened, and I couldn't set it up right, and I got frustrated. And so I didn't even bring it with me when I moved. I just turned, I just threw that thing away, right? So, you know, now that I got to 1200, I've been running some of these records that, that, um, that um, I, I, I got here. So there are certain limitations to digital sound. And part of the limitation of digital sound is not so much the limitation of the digital, but the limitations created by some of the remastering techniques that people have used over the years with stuff, right? Like that's, that's, that's there. Certainly at the same time, digital sound, I mean, it's what it, it, it's digital, right? Like there's going to be some components that of it that are digital at some points, like listening to records has kind of put me in touch with like how much work is done in the name of perfection and how perfection in music can be just a little bit overrated, right? Like how it feels is typically more important than how it sounds. Now, it's not to say that how it sounds is not a contributing factor to how it feels, but I think you know what I mean, right? Like I think how it feels is more important than how it sounds. Think of whoever your favorite singer is and ask yourself what's more important, how they sound, how it makes you feel, right? Like feel is more important than the sound. And analog is much warmer, on the field, just much, much warmer on the field. The other thing with analog is listening to records is really putting me in touch with how important it is for your music to peak, right? So with the loudness stuff and everything else that's happened over this course of time, the, the levels on music is boosted up so high that like the difference between one sound and another is normally not that great because everything is being stretched out in the register, right? I was listening to some Marley in the last couple of days and hearing all the bass lines and all the places that they go and how strong they come out. And it's not like a strong, like a jump in your face kind of strong. It's easing out in the way that it's supposed to ease out. That is an absolute benefit that you are getting for running these records. I also ran a Miles Davis record, and I would definitely say, like, I can't imagine any circumstance under which jazz is better on the digital than it is on uh, the record player. I will say this, though. If you ain't run no jazz in a while, I had to step out to do something. And then I came back and I just hear these horns blowing and I'm trying to figure out. I'm like, yo, is, is, is the cops coming? Is there some sort of emergency? Oh, that's trumpets. That's right. I was listening to jazz. Hadn't done that in a little while. Right. It's good. I just I just really couldn't figure out what it was. So, yeah, man, I'm enjoying the, the record player game, I think, is a is a is a decent one to play. The problem is I don't already been getting my Google on on these damn records, like on the websites. I can tell right now. This is going to be expensive for a bunch of stuff I already get on Spotify for $10 a month. 
at some point me being me is going to kick in and all this either either all this record buying is about to cease or it's going to be nothing but records up in here about to get my money's worth speaking of that i was thinking about something so i got this one record uh as a long story i can't say what it is because it's got something to do like i wound up i'm winding up giving it to somebody as a gift but they might be listening so i don't want them to know what the record is right um but anyway i paid like a bill for it right and i paid like a bill for it um because of you know it's a lot to it. It, it it's like a first run it's still in plastic like all this stuff right so i paid like a bill for it do you realize what a bargain we typically get on like music yeah, I'm not somebody that's out here like riding for the record companies or anything like that. Like, I ain't never going to be that dude, right? And the market speaks as the market speaks. Stop and think about this for a second. Um, let's just say we still use CDs. We don't still use CDs, but if we still use CDs, right? Like, you get a sale on some CDs like that, $9.99 on the lucky day or whatever it is. But you know what I mean? But like Best Buy was something first come out. The price, what was it, $12.99, $11.99, we go to Best Buy, you know, for $11.99, $12.99, right? You know, that's what we would do. If you get a record that you love, like an album that you absolutely love, and you kept for X amount of years, do you realize what a steal it is? A steal to get, like, how much pleasure you get out of that for $12? $12, right? Now, of course, this is logic that I'm, I was using to rationalize spending $100 on this record, right? Like, I really need to talk to myself in such a way that made me feel better about the decision that I had made. Now, it is generally not a good thing or not, like, a great sign when um, you're trying to make yourself feel better about decisions that you have made. But... <sighs> Basically, what I'm saying is I feel like I'm about to be buying, like, the occasional $100 record. And I just, I, I mean, I can, but it's like, this is going to be a problem. Like, the record thing is going to be a problem. And I can't wait. Anywho, let's get to another question. I was about to say appreciate the question, but I asked myself that question. Well, did the question disappear? I was just about to ask. I feel like it, it Oh, I hate it when this happens. I feel like I had a question I was going to answer, and I thought I hit the button, right? And then it's like the damn thing disappeared. Anyway, the question was, did you... Oh, here we go. God damn it. Then it jumped on me. A computer getting old and running a little slow, but I don't want to buy a new one. Anyway, did you agree with Andre when he said Big Boy was a better rapper than him? Who boy. So I had all kinds of people after this GQ article came out. And they were hitting me, and they were like, oh, snap, see, uh, Andre agreed with you in GQ when you say the big boy is a better rapper than Andre. And I was honestly like, did I ever actually say that explicitly? And then somebody showed me a blog post I did where it had to be like 10 years ago or something like that about it. And I, mean, I was like, okay, you know, opinions are fluid on these sorts of things, so I'm not going to act like I didn't do it because it was clearly there. And it is actually very interesting that the rationale I used in part was that Big Boy is cooler than Andre, is smarter than Andre, rather. He is cooler, too, but he's smarter than Andre. And that's something that Andre referred to in the story in GQ. Now, 
do I think that Big Boy is better than Andre? Man, I don't even like thinking about this, right? Like, I don't, I don't like the idea of having to ponder and consider and, like, make a separation of these things in this way. In part because the different things that I think about them as a group and everything else, it does go up and down. Right. Like it, it depends on where I'm at. And I've noticed different things about them. And I noticed different things. I've seen them in concert. There's different things that you pick up. Um, like Big Boy has been continuously rapping. Andre doesn't really rap like that. Right. So you get like the occasional Andre 3000 verse and it's incredible. Big Boy has been consistently doing work since the last Outcast album came out. Right. Like, so we got the first part, I mean, uh, uh, got part volume two, which, um, I mean, it's not every big boy track, but still, right? Got part volume two. We got the Lucy's Left Foot album. We got the, um, Visualize and Dangerous Rumors. Got the Boomerverse. We got the Big Grams joint. The Big Grams joint, uh, freaky nasty fun, right? Um, like he's been continuously going. The thing about Andre is, Andre is like, on a wavelength. And he can take that wavelength. All right, here's a better way to put it. You put Big Boy on any beat, Big Boy gonna mess around and become part of that beat, right? There's no beat that Big Boy can't ride. There's no rhythm that he can't assume and just become part of that track and roll with it. Andre jumps on the track and it feels like the track then does whatever he does. Right. Like he seems like the leader. Anytime he steps up and he's on something, he absolutely feels like he is leading everything that's going on. Right. If, I mean, and he, of course, it doesn't work that way, but it feels like the beat jumps in around him rather than him jumping in around the beat. It is also entirely possible that Andre has the greatest voice in the history of rap. He is a monster at word economy, knowing exactly where to go in the shortest period of time. Right. Like as far as songwriting goes, he probably has more like Prince lyrical quirky goodness than anybody else that's ever done rap. Right. And when Andre is on, I don't know if anybody feels like they are better at rapping than when Andre is absolutely killing something. Right. Like it feels like you are in the presence of the coldest dude that there has ever been. And it becomes so much fun also because it's so like, not on the ground, but it's also so decidedly Southern. You see, Southern rap is decidedly eye level. Like, at every turn, by and large, Southern rap is eye level. Andre is rapping in the clouds. But it's, I mean, it's not that it's, it's not that it's not eye level, though, right? Like, it's not like he's talking about things that you can't relate to. But it just feels like he's floating just a little bit higher than everybody else, right? He's just in the space, population one. Whatever that planet is that he's on is population one. They made one of those. It is borderline impossible for somebody to honestly be like Andre Benjamin when it comes to rap, right? Like, so you hear guys, you hear like an outcast influence in it, but you ain't, you can't be like that. It's just not possible. Like, I think you got a much better chance of trying to be like Big Boy than you got to try to be like him. You just can't do it, right? So, like, which one of them is better? I honestly reached a point where I don't care. Like, it, it really got to a point where I don't even want to think about it because it really doesn't matter. I don't even have a way of coming up with an appropriate, like, set of evaluation criteria where I really feel like I would ultimately come to the answer of which one of them is better. Like I know them as a collective, they've honestly provided my life with so much joy that I don't even want to intellectualize it. 
anymore. Now, I'll get in here and argue about who the best rapper in your favorite group. But I feel like I don't I just I feel like I just want to leave this alone. I do feel like, though, for me that over the years will ultimately prove to be the point that I've tried to make as it relates to big boy is y'all be sleeping on this dude. Like there's just such a lack of appreciation for him because Andre dominates so much attention and what Andre is. So outcast got to this point where I don't never, I ain't never going to be the one talking about somebody transcending rap or nothing like that. But Andre did reach a point where he was in the limelight and in such a way that really attracted the attention of people who otherwise would not be paying attention to rap. And the opinions of people who don't pay attention to rap when it comes to rap are like quite useless to me. But part of what happened there was Andre was like, like a black dude, like they couldn't imagine. Like I was reading in the GQ piece where the dude uh, that did the interview was like, yeah, so tell me about this hood prep thing. Because he could not imagine the idea that they were like, people like kicking it preppy in the hood like right like he just i mean his assumption of the hood was just like such a monolithic sort of thing that he could never grasp that that would be it so i think a lot of those people wind up being fascinated by the idea of andre 3000 because they just feel like he's just like they they like he's he kind of different than the other guys which is crazy because he is just like the other guys but I think they got to, they, okay, like he got in that place. And even amongst hip-hop fans, because there's always the backpackers and the types like that, where they can get caught up in the same type of thing with cats, right? And so then those people erroneously go and they look at Big Boy and they look at him as like the other cats, right? He just rapping about this. He rapping about that same stuff as everybody else is. That, you know, the cliches and everything else, and da-da-da. Hey, man, if you got a Cadillac, Ain't nothing cliche about rapping about your Cadillac, right? That's just what it, that's just how it goes, right? He rapped according to the wavelength that he was on. But the idea that there was like some lack of depth in what it was that he was kicking is just crazy, man. It is absolutely crazy. And I felt like after Speaker Box came out, you should have been able to go through and listen to that and realize like how off a lot of those people were on those things. And so for me, I wind up having to be hyper vigilant in the defense of Big Boy because that is one of the coldest dudes that's ever been. Why being one of the coolest dudes that's ever been? All that stuff, right? And then you put an Andre track on, and it's like, yeah, but don't forget this dude is cold, right? So I don't like who, whatever. I just really like another Outcast album. I'm never getting another Outcast album. That's the most disappointing thing in the world. Uh, appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. By the way, like all these questions are asked by like two people. Whole lot of y'all just in here eavesdropping. Can you explain the brilliance of the great adventures of Slick Rick, especially in the context of hip hop of that period? Here would be this would be my question for you about explaining the brilliance of the great adventures of Slick Rick. I don't know why it would need to be presented in the context of anything else, right? Like, I feel like that is a rap record that is, in, okay, if you want to put it to that era, I can understand totally, totally how sonically it can be very difficult for some people to, like, 
Andre mentioned this in the GQ article also. He's like, look, the rhythm changes with the generations, right? Every generation got a different rhythm. He doesn't feel like he can catch the new rhythm. But I can understand it if going back to the rhythm of 1980s hip-hop is difficult for you to pull off or it requires a certain level of adjustment. I can understand that, right? The rhythm of The Great Adventures of Slick Rick doesn't really require that, right? Like, I feel like you go listen to a children's story. There's no adjustment to like what the rhythm is on children's story, any of that stuff. Right. Rick, it, that record. I mean, I think as we all mature a bit, it's a bit problematic in some ways. Certainly. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, the first song is called treat her like a prostitute. Um, that, you know, that's got its issues. Um, there also is a song that ends and he spread the vagina with his bare two thumbs and there were crabs inside playing Indian drums going, you know, things that nobody would probably do in this day and age. Um, but, oh, my God, it's so cold. He's so cold. He's such a dope rapper. Um, the lyrics are incredible. And as far as super cool people go, Slick Rick is sky high, sky high, sky high on the list. Now, the thing that I would say about that era that I think is interesting is that it was. If I do feel like in this day and age in rap, everything has to be so real. And I don't think that's limited to rap, by the way. Like, I think this goes into a lot of our forms of pop culture. Like, it's either got to be totally unrealistic or it's got to be like, down to the molecule real for people and there's something to be said about a kind of goofy you know just fun storyteller record like there's absolutely something there for that i don't know what the space would be there like could somebody put out something of the ilk of the great adventures of slick rick and the quality of the great adventures of slick rick and be the kind of star that Slick Rick was like Slick Rick is honestly Slick Rick is the first person I've really seen like perform live as a tri-state tri-state club when I was in college used to always throw these parties and I normally didn't go to them because I was boycotting everything in New York at that time of my life but I wound up going to this one tri-state party and they said they had a special guest and the last time they had had a special guest it was Rock Kim this time it was Slick Rick right and it was funny because he's talking about how he was an old man now that was like 20 years ago and he was 30, like coming out of jail. He's trying to figure out like how to adjust being slick Rick into the modern times. Like your classic just got out of jail. What am I supposed to wear? Uh, sort of situation. But I mean, I just feel like slick Rick is one of them cats that you can look at and that you can listen to. And I feel like everything makes sense right then. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else you got here. Good God, some of y'all just got all the questions. Man, I appreciate it because otherwise I don't know what the hell we'd be talking about. Wow, I can't even find the question to uh, turn it off. What is the craziest multi-level marketing scheme have you ever heard? Now, I don't know about the craziest. Like, I haven't had that many people try to hit me with the multi-level marketing scheme. But I have a story I think I briefly told a little bit on the radio this week. I've told the story before, but I'm going to tell the story again. So Thanksgiving one year, I'm at my homeboy's grandmama's house, right? They were kind enough to take me in. I didn't really have nowhere to go. It's greatly appreciated. And so we there uh, for the Thanksgiving. And after we get done or while we eating, Granny tell us that, 
she's got something that she wants us to watch. And so the thing is, um, I have to ride along with pretty much whatever granny's on, right? Like, yeah, these other people invited me, and I can kind of ride with what it is that they ride. But in the end, it's granny's house. Granny, like, 90 years old. You know, like, I'm doing whatever she says, right? And so if she says that after the meal that we was going to watch this video, then we were going to watch the video. And so before we get to watching the video, um, the question has been broached as to whether or not there is some sort of like scam or some sort of hustle behind this video. But I don't really know nothing about how granny gets down. I'm just riding along with this. And so granny pulled the video up on the computer. Cause granny said granny on the internet. You know what I'm saying? So granny pulled this thing up on a computer and this dude starts talking in the video and like, it's clear that like the hustle is in full effect. Right. But what made this hustle so fascinating was that his approach rather than I'm trying to get you to join in to this thing I got going, he did it like, yo, I'm going to teach you how to get other people on the program. And he said, I am going to teach you what I learned about getting people to invest or give you their money. And I learned that from it being an evangelist, right? So he is telling us that he learned how to get people for their bread in church. And now he's going to show you the same way to get people for their bread from church. Yes, this is what he says. And so as he begins to talk, my homeboy's mama look at granny and it's her mother to be clear. And she's like, um, I suspect that this is a scam. And granny looked at her and said, are you going to suspect or inspect? All right. So what you got that's beating that? Like, what do you have that's getting out of that one? Because I, I, this was like five, six years ago, somewhere in there. I got nothing to get around that. So at that point, like, look, you know, I'm still so happy somebody took me in for Thanksgiving. I'm just buckling up for the ride, right? Like, okay, cool. We're going to watch this video. Like, I feel like I was the only person that had made peace with the reality that, you know, this is what we're about to do. We're not doing anything else. Let's just go ahead and watch the video, right? Like the safest thing, like the best move that we can make is that we just watch this video and then eventually the video is going to end and then we'll go on about our business. And so I'm there to watch the video. And then finally, amongst the family, they had a little bit of a, you know, a back and forth about it. And finally, uh, my homeboy's mama told granny she wasn't watching the video anymore. And they was all done. We're watching the video. But then there's me. I don't really know what to do here because yeah, I feel like they got the kind of rapport with granny where they can just get up and be like, Hey granny, fuck your video and keep it moving. I'm still kind of indebted to granny for allowing me to come into her home on Thanksgiving to consume this meal. I feel like I watched some more of that video. I honestly can't remember if I did or did not, but I feel like I watched some more of that video. Or I think I sat there 
and like wait to see if Granny was gonna put it back. No, no, that I remember what I did now. I came up with some reason for me to get up. And then I got up. And I just never came back over to the part of the house where the video was. But you remember that one. I feel like this one will help you out of your life down the line. Are you going to inspect or suspect? All right. I feel like I need to go in here and close out that question, but I'm not going to be able to find it. Computer going to go all slow. Oh, there it is. All right. I think I'm going to take me one more before we take this to the crib. So you got a bunch of people who can't wait to snitch for a deal in the White House now, right? Hey, man, um, you know, block a little hard at work. So, you know, there ain't so many things I can say about these things at this point in time. All I'm saying is this. Um, I feel like I have I know enough about the way these games go. We got a kind of similar situation going on in my uh, line of work with them college basketball coaches. And what they basically did with them first couple of indictments was, Here's your chance to snitch. Don't look now, but here's your chance to snitch. And I can't imagine how alluring the opportunity to snitch is. But see, to me, my guess would be this. People who, like, really did some stuff, they're the ones who are not, like, walking in there to snitch. The people who might have done some stuff but like it's maybe not that big a thing that they did but they know some stuff right those are the ones who snitch right like those are the ones the ones that ain't even nobody's big fish but somebody could come in here and come up with some list of charges and be like you might do 80 years and they'd be like oh no 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 they can't really afford no real lawyers or nothing like that. Those are the ones like like anybody that's in here that's done some real dirt. No, no, no. They're gonna stretch this thing out as far as they can go. Right? Like they got a whole lot of things that can break right and they'll still be cool with their expensive ass lawyers. Like they're gonna let that go. But like these low on the totem folks, oh no, 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 no. They the ones they out here, they call the lawyers out the commercials, right? Like one of them cats might be from Houston and not know no lawyer in DC, and he's gonna be like, Hey, look here. I called the only guy that I knew would have my back in a time like this. I called Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer, right? Like at least I asked the Hammer for a referral or something like that. But no, 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 no. Those are the ones that are going, right? So like if you think, for example, if you think that uh, Jeff Sessions is tied up in something, Jeff Sessions ain't snitching. Jeff Sessions Sessions is going to wait this thing out. Somebody who worked in Jeff Sessions' office or whoever's office, and one day somebody asked him to run this uh, run this envelope somewhere. Oh, no, no, no. They're coming to tell somebody that they ran that envelope. What I'm curious about in the White House is um, what them conversations like. Because, I mean, it appears that one gentleman was already up in there wearing a wire, right? Right? Like one of them cats was already in there wearing a wire. Who else got a wire on? Like, like you got to come in the room and get naked first? Like, what you got to do? Because, I mean, you you found out it was a fungus among us. I mean, I can't imagine how nervous that is. Like, hey, man, what's going on? We don't need to talk here. Cats writing stuff on paper and lighting it on fire when they get finished? Like, I mean, how 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 tense does it have to be 
just to go to work. Like, especially like if you're one of these people who got hired, like after all this stuff happened, cats in there walking on eggshells, it ain't even really got nothing to do with you. You know, like, you're just like, yo, man, I'm just trying to get my work done, man. Why are you so, oh yeah, Russia. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no, 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 no. That's a, um, whoo, 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 whoo. It's not what you want to be in. That's, uh, yeah, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's not, mm-mm. That's not what you want to do. Like, we all, I, I think we also just going to have a wave of people quitting their job. This, they don't feel like it no more. Like, it had already started, but now, like, if you didn't really like doing that job before, how you feel about doing that job now? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on the Evening Jones. We try to do this thing here once a week. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you. Remember, if you can't catch the Evening Jones live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes store. Subscribe at Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We're also at the Google Play Store. Uh, might not talk to y'all next week because I got a trip to make, but we'll see what happens. Either way, holla at you.